Podcast Babies. I'm Jesse Oliver. I'm Maureen Smith. And I'm Makita Loney. And we're Fat Out of Hell. A bi-weekly podcast where we burn down fat stigma through conversations about our experiences as bad, rad fatties. So take out your extenders and buckle up because it's time to go! Oh, and welcome to the podcast, babies. Uh, we're very excited for our guests today. We're going to let them introduce themselves, just like Jay-Z. Uh, very similar. <laughs> just like Jay-Z. So, Fred, will you introduce yourself? Um, my name's Jay-Z. <laughs> um, Can you believe we got no, Jay-Z? Um, <laughs> the original <I> Halva. <laughs> Very hard to buck, but uh, y'all managed it. <laughs> um, my name's Kelly Lenza. Um, I go on the interwebs by Softbody Tendermine these days. I used to be Livid Lipids. Um, and uh, my pronouns are they, them. And I'm a photographer and uh, other stuff. Awesome. Ke- Kelly, I'm like, I like the other stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I love the photographer too. I wasn't trying to say that. It's just the the like. I feel like anyone who works in the arts is like I do thirty five things on the regs, and yeah. so like here's the print, and then other stuff. Well, yeah. Well, especially you know. arts in the Midwest. I feel like so many Midwest artists wear so many different hats. Like when I went to college on the mm-hmm. East coast and people found out that I sing and play like multiple instruments, they were like, but what about just singing? Like, aren't you just obsessed with singing? And I was like, no, why would I just sing when I can sing and play guitar? And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Focus. <laughs> like fuck focus. <laughs> Let's do as much as yeah, possible. Well, it's like, it's one of those things where it was really hard for me to sort of like claim the identity label of photographer in the first place. And um, so like, I'm at a point where I'm comfortable saying, yeah, like, oh yeah, I'm a photographer. But like, I'm assuming that everybody doesn't need to hear that, you know, like every single hobby that I have in my playbook, um, you know, like I, I quilt, but I don't, I don't cool. display my quilts or anything. And <laughs> I also haven't sewn on a quilt in like, I don't know, six months. So, <laughs> but it's still like a thing that I do. So, you know, it's like, well, how much do I include? How much do I not include? Yeah. No, that makes total sense. You want to know what one of my goals was for 2020? Learn how to sew. Uh, that oh. hasn't happened. <laughs> I, I, I just, goals? What was goals? One of my, oh one of my favorite 2020 related questions about like goals that people set is like, when did you set that goal? <laughs> like, did you set that goal in like January before Hellscape times? Or uh, did you set that like in May as like a coping mechanism? Yeah, that's a real fair question. Yeah. Fair question. Kelly, will you tell us about the photography you do? Yeah, sure. Um, Spoiler I... alert, we all know. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all super fans. But, but for our listening audience. <laughs> right. um, I mostly do portraits. Um, that's my primary thing. And even when I take um, photos of like plants, Um, I still think of them as portraits. Um, My goal with photography is usually like, I want to tell a story. Um, I feel like that's kind of a goal for like art in general. Like if you're setting out to make like a, a piece of art, whether it's, you know, written or, you know, painting or photography or like, I feel that often a good goal is like people should be able to look at it and like, be able to imagine or like intuit a story like from that piece of art um so that's kind of how I feel about like taking that to portraits it's like about trying to sort of highlight the like the essential essence or vibe of like a person or a place or um a flower 
or, you know, like whatever it is that I'm taking a photo of. So, um, and I think that that, you know, I've always done artsy fartsy stuff. Like I, I did illustration for several years and I've only been doing photography for um, about five years. Um, so a lot of my artistic um, knowledge comes from like when I was taking, you know, drawing classes and, um, you know, learning, learning composition from, from that kind of thing. So, uh, but I feel like so much of it, everything kind of just overlaps. Like there's so much that you can do with any kind of learning that you do with art. And obviously there's so much skill and practice that comes into it. Like I wouldn't know the first thing about singing, for example, or breath <laughs> or anything. Um, but like, as far as, you know, in a visual medium, when you're looking at like, how do you compose? Like, I, well, like, I don't, I don't want to like, like I would feel more cut. Like if I was going to try and start doing theater, I would probably want to do like a set design or something because then it's like, okay, well, I know what makes a good composition of what people are going to look at. Um, whereas I don't know how to put together a good song. So, well, and looking um, at your photography, like that lens of storytelling is really, really becomes very apparent. Like now that, like now that you're mentioning so it, like what I love about your photography is that, um, you don't shy away from truth. Like there's, there's mm. very, like, I think that a lot of what a lot of photographers go for is like, kind of like an idealized version of their subject. Mm. Yeah. Whereas I'll, what I think is so cool about, about your photos is like, you know, if your subject has stretch marks, like they're in the photo, like if you're, if your subject yeah. has wrinkles, they're in the photo. And it's like, this is what this person actually looks like. I am telling you the story of this person with this photograph and I'm not sugarcoating it. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's interesting because when, like, I didn't set out to be a, like a, a body positive photographer or um, or even like a, a, a fat liberation photographer. And uh, like I started taking photos because I wanted to take pictures of my kids and it's really expensive to hire most photographers. So, um, and I didn't have the money for that. So, uh, so I was like, I'm going to just buy my own camera and learn how to do it so I could take my own pictures. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like there's such a really interesting, flexible sort of like play that happens between like an idealized version of what you think somebody wants to see versus like a heightened version of the essential traits or character of somebody or something coming through um, in an image. Because like, um, I don't know, it's like... <sighs> I think so much of it comes from helping people feel comfortable or as comfortable as they can be when they're in front of a camera. Cause like so many people, they, you know, they, they don't want to be on camera. Well, we get trained from a young age uh, to be hypercritical of ourselves, especially yeah. in something that is like a living document, right? Like it, it lives on. And yeah. I think that, um, a lot of people then when they have to be photographed for something, right? Like uh, it is anxiety inducing mm -hmm. that you feel that like uh, it's a medium that hasn't been kind to you. Also, like I, I think of when I was younger, particularly like being the fat person in groups of thin people, like, no one ever thought like what would make me comfortable in a photo. Mm, yeah. Right. And like, um, then you get actively uncomfortable in <laughs> photos because I, I do think this is part of the reason, um, the plague of pillows over stomach <laughs> has happened, oh my God. right? Like in photos, God. 
Well, yes. I'm laughing alone with pillow. Yes. Right. Yes. Like, because no one has ever said what, what position will make you feel comfortable. And so what has historically happened is like slowly, but surely people grab a pillow and they're like, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, in fact, I actually think there would be a great hilarious photo shoot to be done on that theme, mm. but like with like printed things on the pillows about bodies and I want to be naked. Uh, Sounds perfect. I just want to be naked most of the time. So (laughs) (laughs) like, excuse, great. Uh, But like, I do think there is this like, whether or not you go into something to be like body positive or talk about body liberation, when you provide a space of safety for marginalized bodies, Mm-hmm. that it feels that way right like regardless yeah. of if like because we're also accustomed to not having that yeah and, and that's something that I like I like I realized that that was happening after after a certain amount of time and having a certain amount of like photo sessions with people that I didn't know you know because like um probably most photographers start out they're taking pictures of people that they know they're taking pictures of themselves or you know like whatever and then when you start to actually connect with people and people are like, I want to hire you to take my photo. <laughs> and then they come into your photographing space or you go to them and you meet them where they are. Um, regardless, it's like, I realized like, okay, like I have this presence online and it's not like, I'm not like a, I'm not, I don't really consider myself like a, an influencer or whatever. Um but it's like people follow me and they have this idea of who I am and they see the things that I value that I talk about online and to other people. And so um, it kind of just becomes that space. And I think, I think sort of also um, the fact that I'm, I'm real big, like um, I consider myself an infinifat. So like, I think that that lends itself very well um to people coming into a space especially people when they're smaller they come into a session with me and I'm providing the space to sort of like hold their expectations of body liberation through photography but it helps I think that I'm so big people assume that I have all of these tips and that that I know exactly what to say to put people at ease and I don't always know um, like there's definitely foot, you know, photography sessions that go really well because I can really connect with a person and I can, I have an easier time sensing what it is that's going to make them more comfortable. And then, um, but then there have also been sessions that I've done where it's like, I'm like, whoo, like this is, I'm not connecting with the person. I don't know how to put them at ease or I can't break them. And that's kind of a different thing. Um, but I can't break them out of their habit of, the face that they want to make like the face that they've learned to make or the pose they've learned to do that's such a thing you know <laughs> yeah. yeah so um so yeah like I didn't set out to do it but it but it also like it's not something that bothers me like it's always really it fills me up when I do these photo sessions um especially with other fat folks like Kita and Jesse um because, you know, having sort of like a, just having a meeting with like another uh, fat person who is like-minded and like, it's not, it doesn't turn into, you know, like somebody talking badly about themselves for an hour and a half. And I'm like, no, you're great. You're doing great. You know, like, okay, let's do this. Let's do that. And it's just like, there's not that I mind doing that either. I don't know. It's just. Do you get? Do you yeah, get what no, I'm absolutely. Like, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, essentially, I, I, I mean, I, I will speak for myself, but I'm sure Maureen can identify. Teaching voice, you are constantly doing many of those things because it's a mm-hmm. one-on-one thing. Yeah. So it's that same kind of dynamic, right? Where you're like assessing a person, trying to put them at ease, trying to um, give criticism in a way that's. Uh, digestible and like able to be received and like you know so a lot of what you're saying I think is very um 
easy to translate into what I do, what Maureen yeah. does. Yeah. Um, Kata, Kata works a real fancy job, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, but I, I do get that. I also think, you know, it's interesting, like, the idea of people projecting insecurities on you. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that, that last little bit you were talking about. Yeah. Um, which is hard, right? We all deal with that in life in general, particularly when you are a fat person, because you become that um, perpetual sidekick, right? Like yeah. it's that idea of being the sidekick in your own life or being forced to be the sidekick in your own life. Mm-hmm. Uh so, yes, that is something I think all of us understand on a certain level. Well, it's kind of a weird... Oh, no, sorry, you go. Go. You go. <laughs> I was going to say it's it's a weird sort of overlap because, like, um, once I sort of realized that that was happening more off, like, often when people were, you know, coming to do photos with me, um, I mean, my, you know, my politics are fat liberation, like, it's not like it it didn't mesh up with, like, it perfectly meshes with, you know, everything that I value very much. So it was easy to sort of like, once I realized that was happening, it's like, oh, well, okay, well, I can do that. I can, I can do that on purpose. And better. So, <laughs> oh, I um, can do that even more intentionally. Oh, great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, it's, it's one of these things where. The overlap is weird because like in my personal life, it can feel very grating. And then when I go into my professional position as a photographer and providing sort of like a fat liberation space, um, like it, I think it happens. And like, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm acknowledging the fact that this happens in my real life. And sometimes it bothers me when it happens in my, my real life, but then I'm going into this place intentionally and I'm setting myself into that position like on purpose and sort of like holding those two things at the same time. Um, There's it's, it can be like a little wibbly wobble. Like I get nervous talking about it because I don't want to make it sound like I don't like taking pictures of people if they are nervous about what they're doing. Like I get nervous. Like I'm, been talking about it today like I'm you know I get nervous and everybody gets nervous so um it's just one of those things like I don't want people to feel like oh well what if I had a photo shoot with Kelly and I was so I said I was nervous or I said I didn't like x xyz or something like that's fine you know like I it doesn't bother me it's just um it's a weird position to be in to be like acknowledging the okay these biases might be at play. This stuff that bothers me in my real life doesn't bother me in my professional life. Like the nuances where things I think get tripped up sometimes. Totally. We are always filled with multitudes, right? Like, like I am a stone cold introvert until you put me in front of a camera or put me in front of people. And then I can be like, I can perform, I can perform, I can perform. And then I'll be like, cool, cool, cool. I'm going to go put on a onesie and stay in my bed forever. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you know, it's, I think we have these, like, so many things in our lives, we have been programmed to believe are binary. Right. And that like, uh, it's either this way or it's this way when quite frankly, it can be both ways. Both things can be seemingly opposed and equally true. And the, the, (laughs) um, not even on purpose. Honestly, I just started talking about this, Uh, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, You want, you want to. So Jesse, I actually have the opposite problem from you. Like I was going to say, the yeah, same like thing, yeah. I, so like when it comes to like, when it comes to like how I live my day to day, I am so goddamn extroverted. Like I, <laughs> I love being around people so much. I like get sat like this has this experience of quarantine and all of that has been like personally very difficult for me just because like I, <laughs> I get so much from being around people. 
to live on Maureen's couch. Yeah, seriously. Like I just, I like I, (laughs) I, I would invite people over to hang out. And Jesse, I would have done the same to you, but you're deadly allergic to my cats. But I, (laughs) but I like people would just come over and sit, and we would do nothing. We would do absolutely nothing, and it would just be how I filled, like topped up my cup. But when you put me in front of a camera. or anything like that, I clam up so intensely. And it's because of these weird narratives from like when I was a kid, when I was in high school, like being in high school theater and being like the fat kid in high school theater where like you Mm. get these show photos where you're like Auntie M next to this like beanpole Dorothy and you're like, oh, wow. Yeah, they cast me as a 40 year old, as a 40 year old, as a 17 year old for a reason. Like, look at that photo. Like, you know, and it's just it's like. It's so, and like that kind of shit sticks with you so intensely. And so like hearing you talk about, and so like as such, as an adult, as a person in the public eye who like, quite frankly, I need to have professional photos taken of me. <laughs> I And I, like whenever I'm asked for them, I send selfies, which is so not great. But I like have such a negative relationship with having my picture taken just because mm. like, Honestly, I think for the most part, the professional photos I've had taken of me are by people who don't understand and can't empathize with my discomfort and Mm. also have their own personal discomfort where, like, they see my body and they see my um, discomfort as a nightmare scenario for themselves personally and therefore can't connect with me. Right. And so that's why, like, listening to you talk about, like, your personal nerves and it's, like, it's so refreshing as a fat person who, like, really genuinely has a very hard time getting their picture taken. Like, hearing, like, the other side of the story where it's, like, you know, you're as, you know, as a photographer, like, you want to make sure that people feel comfortable and, like, you know, it's just, like, this conversation, it's just been refreshing to listen to, honestly. (laughs) I'm glad. Um. I also think it's really interesting, like, uh, like portraitures, like that kind of like, like headshots or something like that. Those are always way more difficult for me than something like get naked and roll around on the floor. I'm like, cool. That'll do. Like, but you want me to stand and look like, um, like a marketable version of me. That's a lot more difficult for me. (laughs) Like, Hi. <laughs> I think, well, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Like, I think that when you have a, essentially a job, like a genre of art that, or, you know, a genre of fashion, essentially like a, a, a theater headshot or an actor's headshot is like such a specific look. And it, it so often leans on, um, you know, traditionally cultural expectations of beauty and what has been able to you know the kind of beauty that's um expected for you know like um any kind of like you know actor actress those kinds of roles and so it's like this that's a situation where it's like like it reminds me of captains you know um (laughs) bear with me so like i love the concept of a captain and or like a muumu and like in the past couple of years there have been a couple of little like blips i feel like of those things coming into fashion but it's always like i i have yet to be able to decode my brain as with my body in a captain or a muumu it is so funny that you say that yes because there is a designer right now named muumu mothball yeah that i am obsessed with because it's like fashion fat girl moomoos nice. and i was like i want one i want one real bad yeah <laughs> and i was like they're ex- it's like an independent designer and i was like mm, i'm gonna start a fund to buy myself <laughs> a fashionable <laughs> moomoo 
So that was me with um, Prem. You guys remember Prem? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, I love of Prem. Co- yes. Yes. Kita had some Prem pieces. I don't have any Prem pieces. I love my, I'm never like, every time I do a purge, I'm like, I'm not giving this shit away. Mm-hmm. I'm keeping this shit. I love it so much. Yeah. So that, but that's where, that's where I bought the captain that I was like, I saved up my money to buy this like <laughs> special, like fat designer captain. And then like I, I put myself in it and everybody else loved it. But it was like, when I looked at it, I couldn't like, I couldn't crack that code. I haven't been able to yet. And it's because I've just like, for whatever reason, that's the one that's, that's stuck in my brain of this is what it's supposed to look like to everybody else. And it doesn't look that way on me. So it doesn't look right. And I feel like, well, and that's fashion in general, that, like, yeah. fashion should be a representation oh, yeah. of something that makes you feel good about you. And yeah. even if it everyone else thinks it look it looks great, if it doesn't make you feel great, then right. that's not working, right? Like, right. it's like me wearing the color brown. It just usually makes me feel like a giant turd. <laughs> <laughs> and I know that's not true of most people. It's just me, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. like mostly why I'm not a dress person too. Like, that's a really good way of articulating that because I've never understood. Like, there are some dresses where I'm just like, oh yes, like it's all black. It's like either like kind of like a tank top, like really silhouetted fit, or like an A line, like doesn't really show like the bottom half of me, but like a regular ass dress for some reason. I don't know why, like, I like the way you were saying, like, I just can't click that code as to why I don't feel like myself yeah. in, a, like, a certain cut of dress, but it, it's just interesting to, like, I never heard somebody articulate it before, and I'm like, that's probably the same reason why, like, I'm not a huge dress person or a skirt person. Yeah. And I couldn't articulate as to why. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah, it's, I think it happens across fashion but i think it also applies to like photography and types of photography like um i'm really interested in like how high fashion becomes high fashion and like sort of how it's linked to like couture photography where you you have high fashion looks but then you have the photography playing a big part of that and it was like i think i saw it on instagram but it was like um but it, I can't even remember the the high end brand name. But it was literally like they had just like designed a pair of glasses to look like they were upside down, and they were charging like eight hundred dollars for it. And I'm like, essentially, high fashion and high couture like um, fashion photography is like we're gonna make it different. We're gonna turn it on its head, and like it's gonna be like ugly and weird, but cool and expensive. And so it's like trying to sort of like play with that idea and be like well i'm gonna make you know a high couture fat art uh it'll be great because i'm already considered ugly and i'm just gonna make it cool so yeah oh man (laughs) well have any of you seen the show stylish no no it's an HBO Max show about the woman who used to be the head of um, J. Crew, who like left J. Crew and is now starting her own stuff. Ooh. But it's like there's a lot of like high low pairings. Like this is a four hundred dollars skirt paired with like H and M and I like H and M like tank tops, and I'm like, cool. <laughs> cool okay but also like it it for some reason it just really made me think of what you just said of this idea of like high low concept you know like fusing yeah. into yeah 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 it's edgy because it costs four hundred dollars right you know but also like, all fat clothes cost a lot of money right. in true. general so yes. yeah there's that <laughs> We're all high fashion. Exactly. Already. I mean, I pay. Lord knows. I pay eighty dollars for. <laughs> I pay eighty dollars for jeans. So does that mean that I'm high fashion? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So couture. God. We need it. So, and here's how you take a, a a high couture fashion photograph of those eighty dollars jeans. 
you get in the jeans and you're naked everywhere else. And like you sit on a stool and you look over your shoulder and then we make it black and white. Oh, yep. And crank the contrast Perfect. way up. There you go. It's high fashion. Amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. I feel like we should all take high fashion photos yes. of ourselves yeah. and post Do them. It. Yes. <laughs> I promise not to just put my hands on my hips, which is my go-to stance. I love it so much. I like call it my Peter Panning. It, you know. Oh, I um, love that. <laughs> you know, okay. Speaking of like funny things that we find ourselves doing in photos when we're not realizing it. So like my husband reminded me um, the other day that for <laughs> I I have a selfie claw that I make on accident. So like I'll pick up my phone and I'll be like doing this deal, you know, but I accidentally hold my arm away from me like this. Like I'm like, I'm, like doing this deal <laughs> or it's behind me. It's a selfie claw. It looks like so for the for the podcast audience, it looked like you were just giving someone a oh. hug. <laughs> <laughs> which is so cute like phone out in one hand well, the other hand outstretched just waiting yeah. for the hug waiting for yeah. the hug you so it's, deserve <laughs> it's it's my arm around of a ghost <laughs> yeah exactly it's not a selfie i'm taking yeah. a self i'm taking a picture a ghosty. With, i'm taking a ghosty <laughs> <laughs> oh my god perfect so well, so some, something else that I wanted to bring up, um, because we're like solidly in the holiday season, for the listener, uh, this is one of those rare episodes where we're recording this two days before we re- or three days before we release it. So we're like, cur- we're talking seasonally <laughs> in the season, uh, which is fun. Um, but we're in the time of year where there are, um, during not COVID times, a lot of family photos being taken. Yeah. And um my family wasn't really a family photo family. Um mm-hmm. like there actually are very few pictures of like me, my brother and my parents all together. But I do yeah. remember like at extended at like extended family gatherings there would be group photos and I remember having exactly. I remember having so much anxiety about those photos because in my I am I come from a a family of very thin athletic people and I'm the fat Mm. cousin and so I had a lot of anxiety about those photo shoots and I imagine I'm not the only one and what I think is so cool and you mentioned this about like your or kind of like your photography origin story is that your main subject is your kids and like your family and so like yeah um what is something like, do you have any like advice for people? I know that's such like a, that's such like an empty, that's an (laughs) empty, an an empty question, but just, I'm so curious, like as a person who photographs their family so frequently, like, I guess, what are your thoughts of like the family photo genre? Um, man, there's so many places I feel like I could go with this, honestly. Um, like, cause when I, I guess I'll start by saying like, um, when I first started trying to connect with other photographers, um, the, the biggest photographers, um, that are, that I was able to connect with and probably the most numerous photographers are people who will take family photos of people for like your fall family photo and, or your Christmas family photo or like whatever. And it's like, everybody's wearing you know, it's, it's almost like all of these photographers, they match what you would imagine for like, um, you know, like white skinny photographer lady. Um, it's like, there's always long straight hair, like Ugg boots, a, maybe like a plaid, you know, coat over like skinny jeans. Um, and it's like, it's very much like this is a, a, a product that's crafted um, like your, your persona as a photographer. Um, oh, I'm totally off topic. No, you're Sorry. great. <laughs> I'm thinking about it because like, um, you know, when you go into a photographer group, that's full of photographer family photographers. It's like, everyone's like, okay, I'm selling 15 minute slots for $800. You know, it's, oh. I'm doing, yeah, I'm serious. Like, it's what? 
it's a big business and there's all these kinds of like really weird connections that they make um with each other like i need somebody to be a second for me like that you can refer people to but like they won't refer to you if you're not charging the same amount as them um because like it's like it's like price manipulation for the market um but this is what I think of when I see like a lot of these family photos that are like the it's like it could be it, it's like every family is almost the same yeah. because they are they're all cramming together. Everybody's usually really stressed out. Typically, like dads are really pissed off because they're spending a lot of money on something they don't like. And, you know, the kids are running around or they don't want to be in a photo. And but you have 15 minutes and you've got to like crank it out. And so um, that's that's what I think of when I think of holiday family photos is, is first thinking about how mad that shit makes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like for everyone involved, like, um, like I hate seeing folks spend a shitload of money. Am I? Yeah, absolutely. Shit? Yeah. I think I've said fuck. Okay. I think I've said um, goddamn. You're good. Uh, I, <laughs> I broke that. I broke that ice. Swear. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Perfect. Um, like it just feels very unfair to everybody involved. Like, cause even like, even if you're, even if I'm irritated at like, you know, photographers charging $800 for 15 minutes, um, it's not fit. It, like, it's so boring to take pictures like that where everybody's unhappy and you're trying to get everybody to go together. And it's like, the mindset is just like, we have to get through this because nobody actually wants to be here. Um, which sort of speaks back to the anxiety that so many people have about being in photos. Um, so my, my number one tip for family photos is like, don't be in the photo if you don't want to, first of all, don't try and make everybody smile because not everybody wants to smile. And if you have like fake smiles, like you can always tell, you can tell when somebody is not happy and they're just trying to put it on. <laughs> Um, so don't, don't try and force people into the photo. Don't force yourself into the photo. Like, and I know that it might seem like counterintuitive because like, I'm all for, like, I want people to love photos of themselves. I want fat people, especially, um, to take more photos of themselves. But it's like, if you're going to be miserable in front of the camera, like don't get in front of the camera. That is a real tricky thing because I think so many fat moms avoid being in family photos because they feel the weight of society's pressure on that Mm -hmm. photo and themselves and it is that dichotomy of like you how do how do we communicate you deserve to be in that photo you deserve Mm -hmm. to be seen yes but also while honoring what you just said right because like Mm -hmm. one of the things that i i just remember hearing women all around me say is like oh i shouldn't i'll i'll ruin that photo yeah and i'm like no you won't your children fucking love you they want Mm -hmm. photos of you and them together yes you're not gonna ruin it and how we say you deserve that without with also acknowledging maybe you're not ready yet right like yeah again these things that are like seemingly diametrically opposed can both be true (laughs) Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I also feel like, um, man, it's like pregnancy. I was like, like when you become a parent, and especially if you've carried children biologically, it really changes your body. And so it's like so many, I feel like so many moms, especially, um, you go into pregnancy and then you come out and like, your body's way different. And so they, people can't handle it. It's, it's like their first, uh, it's a lot of people's first introduction to their body changing really radically in ways that like they have, they have obvious no control over. Like I think probably, well, I know that I'm speaking among people who are going to know like, um, you know, the truth about what you can actually control of your body but I think that when people um, get pregnant, it's for a lot of folks who are still stuck in the myth of like weight loss and controlling your body shape. 
um, pregnancy becomes this really huge point where all of a sudden you've got these these little children and you love them and you want all these photos and stuff, but it's like so many parents don't want to be in photos with their kids because there's that, that feeling of like, well, now my body is not, not what it was and it never will be again. You know, it's like the first time people are confronted by, I think a lot of people are confronted by bodies changing without their, without their consent yeah. really and like well and even i mean not i i have not had a child so like i'm just speaking uh, about conversations i've had with people but mm. friends i have who were fat when they got pregnant they were like well it i stayed the same size but where my weight was shifted oh yeah and it was a mind fuck like i could not yeah. because it's it's like an actualization of dysmorphia right like mm-hmm. in some weird way it's like oh but like like I've always like I'm thinking one friend in particular was like I had no problem with my size it was like all of a sudden my weight shifted and I didn't know where my size went like yeah still was the same size but like the, the, the weight that, had yeah. meandered it had gone on a journey to different areas of the body right yeah. It, and yeah. I think that's like complicated, right? Because so you do so much work to unpack the shit that every fat person hears their whole life. And then you grow to love your body. Mm. And then you grow a body and all of a sudden it drastically changes your body. Yes. And then you're giving life to this little thing that needs you all the time, right? right? While trying to unpack your own shit because everything in your life just like in your body just like changed pretty instantly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like literally like you grow a whole new organ and a creature (laughs) and then it comes out of you in one way or another. And then you're left with like all of your organs don't know where to go anymore. (laughs) It it sounds like we're talking about space balls, but also, yes. (laughs) I know it's, it's so intense. Um, yeah. But to try and pull it back towards like the family photo thing, it's like, I think so many parents just, they, they're wrapped up in that journey, you know, they're yeah. wrapped up in that mind fuck um, regardless of what size they are, because it's like parenthood changes you. And I think a lot of times too, like um, when people start becoming older like, uh, like when I was in my early thirties, I noticed all of my friends were like freaking out about like gaining weight or their body shape changed or like whatever. And it's like, it's like, well, we are getting into our thirties now and we've had children. And it's, it's one of those things where it's like, they're freaking out. They're like, I'm so unhealthy and I feel, I feel terrible and nothing fits. And it's just like, well, you just, pumped a bunch of kids out of your body and you're getting old. So it's like stuff starts to happen. You know, it doesn't mean that you're personally responsible and that you need to change something, which is the way that I think most of us are led to go. Um, uh, But yeah, I I don't even like, can (laughs) no, what I, what I find um, so interesting about like family photos, like, so I, I teach a lot of kids. Like that's my day job is I teach ages like three to my oldest student right now, I think is 12 or 13. And uh, so I get a lot of family Christmas cards and I totally resonate mm-hmm. with what you're saying. Even though I know each of these kids really well and know that they're really different from each other. In these photos, they look absolutely identical. (laughs) I have a wall of pictures of holiday cards in my teaching studio, and I look at them sometimes and I'm like, I'm like, is that Catherine or is that Tia? That's Catherine. Okay, great. Like, Mm -hmm. because, because even though they are 
drastically different people. They look the same. Mm -hmm. And that's what I think is really, I that's what I really admire about the photos that you take of your kids. Like recently you posted a, you posted a picture of one of your, of one of your children in a, in a Merida costume. And and I think you called it like melancholy Merida or something like that. And like, I'm so used to seeing like a smiling child in like a crisp, like button down or like a satin dress or whatever yeah but like this is just this like mildly bummed looking child in a disney (laughs) in a halloween costume but like Mm -hmm. looking so cool and i I was just like i want more of these photos of like this is what my kid (laughs) wanted to wear today and they were in kind of a crappy mood but essentially that's this kid (laughs) Yeah, that yeah. I think that unfortunately, kids are bear a large load of the same kind of shit that you know adult fat people um, end up having to deal with because like people don't listen to them if they say they don't like something. Um, they try to force uh, them to look happy. Well, and they get a lot of body autonomy removed, right? They don't yes. get to choose what they're wearing, choose what you know. There's a, a high percentage of lack of autonomy for yes. kids. Yeah, sadly, um, there's a lot of that. And, you know, even sometimes it's like, well, like, it's tough because it puts it puts a, a parent into a position of like, well, what if I'm spending $800 on this um, Christmas photo and my child is not interested in participating? What's up? <laughs> yes. Speaking of children. <laughs> um, I'm not sure exactly, but I'm, I'm going to say maybe about another 20, 20 minutes or so, 20, 30 minutes, half hour. And that person looks a lot similar. A lot similar? Mm-hmm. The one above you. To who? You. Oh yeah, she, um, my my daughter Ivy is saying that Jesse looks very similar to me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> Ivy, we've met before. Oh, she's running away, <laughs> but uh, she gets shy quickly. <laughs> um, that was awesome. Oh, okay. oh <laughs> that was so great. Kids and Crystal photos. Yeah, like um, if I ask her to smile. She gets mad at me and, you know, she's, she doesn't smile real big, like, um, on command and, uh, she doesn't like to look directly at the camera either. Um, and so, you know, it's this, this goes for all kids. It's like, you hear people talking about it. I think more, um, if you have a neurodivergent child who is not going to want to participate in the photography process the way people want them to, um, but all kids get a lot of shit for not wanting to be in photos. And it's really tough when you're the photographer because you might be trying to make a connection with that kid. You might be trying to remove the pressure. Like, you know, if I'm like, it's okay. Like we'll take a couple photos, like without you, you can go chill out, you know, like hang out for a few minutes. And it's like, that's not going to work if the mom's like, no, you get your butt back over here and you sit here and you're going to, you know, smile or whatever. Um, So, I guess, um, you know, when it, going back to those tips, it's like, don't force someone to smile because that may not be authentic to them. Um, don't force people to be in photos. Like if some, if a kid says no, like don't take the photo. Um, the photos that I take of my kids are usually like, I take them in like a literally like five minute span. And it's usually after several weeks of me being like, hey, how about we do a photo shoot today? You know, well, no, we're not going to do that today. Because um, they don't want to. Yeah. So we do we do it another time. Uh, and then also making sure you're not bullying people. Like you might ask for weeks on end, but like you got to make sure you're asking in a way that's not just wearing kids down. Um, but as far as like adult fat people or, you know, any fat person, like if you're taking family photos with like one of the biggest things that I noticed about myself 
in family photos um, when I was more afraid of sharing my body. Um, I would be like in the back and sort of like peeking out or I would be like on the side of like a long lineup of people and like my body would get cut off weirdly because like my body's larger. And so like, you know, it'd be like, here's the side of the photo um, where it's cutting off most of your body and your face. Um, I, I really like think you should literally center fat people in photography because it's, it's going to get all of them in without them getting like stuck on the side and cut off um, awkwardly. Um, so like, you gotta like, if, if you're in the mood to get your photo taken and you want to be participate, get in there, make sure you're in the middle. And, um, you know, you can also, also make sure you ask people to take photos because I think that another way that, um, implicit bias kind of comes to light is the fact that like people will just not take photos of you. And sometimes people do it on purpose and it's real shitty. Um, but sometimes people don't realize that they're accidentally not including the the fatter or the uglier people in their family. Um, that happens in, that happens so, in my family a lot. Like I said, my family, yeah. I'm, I'm the fat cousin. And like when we get together for Christmas, like I, I have a, I have a cousin who's literally a fitness model and like likes to post content on her personal Instagram of like, of like, you know, Oh, here I am on Christmas day. And they'll, and she'll like seek out pictures with like, you know, my like athletic cousins and be like, here I am with the cousins. And it's like, well, yeah, but Mm -hmm. like, all right, let's be real. I'm arguably your coolest cousin. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) there's not a single fucking photo of us together. And, uh, it's on you, my dear. So like, I, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. You're totally right. It's oftentimes I, like targeted negligence. <laughs> I didn't even realize that it was happening until I'm, I married my spouse. And after a couple of years of getting to know the extended family, my mother-in-law started taking a bunch of pictures of me at family events. And I was so delighted because I real I'm like I like people don't do this for me. Like people don't take my photo when I'm at a family event or an extended family event. And so it was like it was such a meaningful thing to me and like very much a like I felt so like um grateful but also just like very loved. Um like my mother-in-law is taking photos of me at family events and it's like you I don't know like it was um it was like a surprise and I, it was a delighted surprise, but it was like, Oh, that means that like, nobody's been fucking taking my picture <laughs> for like my whole life. You know, it's the weirdest thing. My, yeah. that started happening with my boyfriend's family too. Like where, you know, they live in, they live on long Island and we see them. We haven't seen them for a minute just because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But, and also just like, it's hard to afford to travel just in life. But um, when we do go out there and we'll, and we, you know, do have these like family gatherings, like people want me in photos and it's so weird. And it's interesting because like there are, they're also just like a photo family. And so like my boyfriend, Daniel, like really is not into it. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to be in the photo. I don't want to be in the photo. And like where a lot of times I like, I'm like in my, like inside, I'm like, yeah, but I want to be in the photo (laughs) because there aren't any photos of me ever. (laughs) No one takes photos of me. (laughs) Like, let's do it. Mm -hmm. And like, it's so, it's so interesting. Like what, I don't know. It's it's you kind of start to like crave it almost because mm-hmm. um, because, yeah, it is something that is so often denied to to people in certain situations. And then when you're given the opportunity, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, you want to take a picture of me? It's I was. Um, what, what, Kita? Oh, no, I was just saying, like, I even think like because I mean. My family is very obviously not the the photo friendly kind of people, but when it comes to like even taking photo like candid photos of friends, like I love doing that shit. Like 
like back in the day when we'd be out and about and having fun and like I'd love to like snap a couple photos of my friends when they're not paying attention because I think that's like just really cool and like really artful but I rarely have any of those photos of myself yeah like nobody ever thinks to take those same adventurous fun photos of me and I'm just like dang and then even when I ask to take photos they never come out as good or as carefully thought out as I ever would take of somebody else yeah and it's just like all right like (laughs) okay that's cool I'll just take selfies for the rest of my life (laughs) like (laughs) truly it's tough because I feel like um like I know exactly what you're talking about um like trying to get a a person who's not fat to take your photo um it's like it's like it's tough because um yeah well I'm thinking about like Maureen when you mentioned like the the headshots and stuff it's like you have uh, most people have these implicit biases or explicit biases that they're working off of like you know that's where we have the um Oh gosh, I I forget what people call it, but like the where you hold the phone up and you're looking down at yourself. Oh, like the MySpace thing. MySpace, (laughs) yes. So it's like people people do that, and um, but it's also like as taking photos as a photographer, I take a lot of photos that I love, um, that my clients do not. And like, it has nothing to do with, um, it has nothing to do with implicit like value or taste or anything. It's just like, we all have such, we all have different, like, even though we have like a really broad cultural set of like, you know, prejudices that we're working with, um, we all have such different tastes in what we want and what we are seeing in ourselves or in other people. So it's like that that's where the artistic thing comes in because it's like, yeah, there's a lot of um diet culture stuff and there's a lot of like um bias, but there's also like everybody likes different things. And um yeah. So I mean it's also hard, like we any marginalized group is not a monolith, right? Fat people yeah. are not a monolith. Uh and the things that we might individually be inclined to like, I mean, our our discussion of clothing earlier is the perfect example of this, right? Mm -hmm. Like I live in dresses because my ass and thighs don't fit in pants. And (laughs) I just always was like, this is just, I don't like the way I look in them because they don't fit right because they're not made for my uh, ample booty. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, but it, but it, that is an individual bias, right? Like, like for based yeah. on my body, but it's like, yeah, it's, it's complicated. This is all mm-hmm. complicated. We are complicated. So much nuance. Yeah. It's, it's just one of those things, like, yeah. Like, we, my shout out to, um, one of my sisters-in-law, I did a photo session for her and her um, family. And like, she doesn't like any of them. And because COVID's <laughs> gotten worse, we can't redo it before Christmas card time. Um, and so it's, but it's like, um, it's one of those things where I could, I, you know, I, I think like it would be easy to be really offended. Like, oh, I didn't like my work, but it's like, no, she had a specific vision in mind and I didn't, I didn't hit that mark. And so it's like, I, I can't be as a photographer, but also just as a person, it's like, I I can't hold it against her that she wanted something different because we all like, we have all of those, you know, preferences and things that we're carrying around that, that we want, we want desperately to, you know, signify through photography and sometimes we are the best people to take photos of ourselves because we're the only ones who are able to really sense and see what it is that we're looking for. Mm. Mm. Yeah. 
Well, and we also, I mean, in the in the best case scenario, we also, I mean, maybe this is like a dark, like a, like a dark thought, but like in a lot of cases, like we often see the most value in ourselves more than anything else, more than anyone else. No, it's hundred like, percent true. That is, yeah. I mean, yes, mm-hmm. because we, it's how we all survive. Right. And, yeah. and so, like, and like yeah. a lot of, a lot of somebody taking a good photo of you has to do with that person's perspective. And so like, mm-hmm. if yeah. you, you like, if you're taking a picture of yourself, it's like an act of love. It's like, I want to document this moment of me looking like this. And I know how I look when I'm happy mm-hmm. and comfortable. So I know how to do that. Mm-hmm. But it's a it's a reflection of of how someone sees you. Yeah. So that's why there can be such huge like that's why getting your photo taken, I think that that taps into why it's so it can be so upsetting yeah. and scary because yeah. you're not only are you confronted by potentially how somebody else sees you in a way that might be really hurtful or dysphoric or um you know surprising surprising yeah (laughs) you know or they may just not know they may not have any clue you know what it is that you like about yourself um or what you're comfortable with or what you're not comfortable with and so so, you know the thing I keep thinking of right now is this idea that like Photographs often can be a reflection of your humanity. Mm-hmm. And when you are a group of people that have been de- denied humanity, it's hard when someone goes to capture that mm-hmm. because they don't even know that they've done that to you. Yeah. Unless you're someone who you know it's been done to you. Right. right? Like, right. Like it's, and therefore you are aware of it enough to like extend that to the person you're photographing. Mm hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. life. <laughs> oh, life. <laughs> oh, life. What a complicated thing to navigate. <laughs> um. Well, I think that we can probably call it there. How are y'all feeling? Good. Yeah, it feels good. This is a good conversation. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was gonna ask if you guys hate me yet. No, <laughs> no, not at all. Even more. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad. Um, do we have any? Does anybody Thank have you. any final thoughts? Um. Uh, did you know that a potato has more potassium than a banana? I did not. Potato, did you know? Oh my god! <laughs> that you have more potassium Jessie, take a laugh. than a banana. <laughs> yes, I love it. Oh my god! Um, my final thought is that uh, even if you are not currently ready to be in your family photos, hear someone say you deserve to be in those photos. You deserve to be seen, and you deserve to be recognized. Mm. Yes. And ruminate. I think oh, for go me. Ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Um, Potato, a, did oh you god. know? No. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also it's going to serve as a reminder for me as well, like to take more selfies of yourself and like you know do yourself up and make yourself feel pretty and like because I don't know. Like I mean, I post a lot of pictures of myself, but they're often as of recently they're very staged and very like professionally done and I just want to find that comfort in myself again so I'm gonna Mm -hmm. that's gonna be my new goal to take more selfies and post more I think we should do a January selfie a day challenge yeah let's do it on our on our personal on our personal pages we should Uh, make it like we can share them I'll share them on our story feed that sounds cool we should like make it like a community-wide thing yeah we'll 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 plan a hashtag all right so so if you're listening then you have you have the heads up on our january selfie challenge but well let's be radically fat in uh in january 2021 yeah everyone else is is um looking at jillian michaels content let's let's post let's let's put more fat content into the world to balance that out 
And then just take a picture of her and burn it right behind yeah. her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that sounds cathartic. <laughs> that I, I will dance a dance around that. Speaking of, <laughs> I felt really bad tip. for a second, but I'm glad I don't. Sorry. Go ahead. Nope. Live into that witch life. That burning, uh, burning uh, photo of Jillian Michaels' witch life. Yeah. But also movement and photos. That's my final tip. Oh. Speaking of dancing around a fire of a flaming Jillian Michaels photo, you should you should, um, you know, two of y'all. I've taken photos of two of y'all. I think I've probably told both of you like pick pick a movement, just just do something. It comes through in the photo. It makes you look more alive, um, and it loosens you up. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's fun. It's fun to move. It nobody likes standing stiffly. So. <laughs> Anyway, thanks. This has been Kelly Lanza. I'm off. <laughs> Kelly, thank you so much for joining All us. Right. This has been so great. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. I'm All right. Honored. Oh, we adore you. Thank you. Thanks. Um. All right. Goodbye. Podcast. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us on all the social media places as Fat Out of Hell Pod and all the podcast places as Fat Out of Hell. And you can shoot us an email at fatoutahellpod at gmail.com. Bye, babies.